This is Lifehacker Diet Podcast number LHD019. Each of us have many assets that when combined contribute to our success in life. Our intelligence, personality, education, job experience, family, friends, business contacts, money, luck. Many of these come and go and change during our lives. But at the bottom, holding up your success in life are two non-renewable essential assets that all of us have and we should cherish, our wellness and our time. And that's where the Lifehacker Diet can help you work out at work so you can work hard at play. Welcome to the Lifehacker Diet Podcast. I'm Paul Michaels, your host, and today's podcast is LHD019, Facebook Doctor Reveals How to Be the CEO of Your Own Health. And I know that sounds like a uh, headline to some magazine in the checkout counter, but you'll find out uh, pretty quickly why um, it's named like that and um, that it's very significant. So I know that I've learned a ton by researching and interviewing Dr. Daniel Lord, the subject of today's podcast. And this podcast is loaded with lots of interesting information about Facebook's approach to employee health and a possible model for other companies. And maybe it's the future of uh, corporate America. But it's also loaded with so many actionable tips and tricks that you can do right now. And by right now, I mean that's right now, stand up from your desk, exercises to relieve pain, discomfort, and make you healthier right this second. So I know you're going to want to visit the show notes, and they can be found at lhdiet.com slash lhd019. Um, and you're going to want to go there because I, I actually I have to list all the reasons why you want to go there because this episode is loaded. So first of all, there's a short and sweet video that will show you the exercises you can do multiple times a day right at your desk. Uh, an article that goes into more in-depth information about what Facebook and Daniel are doing and it's great stuff. Uh, a free download cheat sheet with photos, descriptions, and diagrams of the exercises you can do right at your desk to relieve discomfort, get your blood flowing, and keep you healthy during your workday. And that's thanks to Daniel Lord, DC, at practiceposture.com. Uh, links to all the resources that are discussed in the podcast and in the uh, blog post. And so you'll get way more information um, with those links. So be sure to check those out. And last but not least, thanks to Lumo Body Tech, we are having a giveaway for the Daniel Dr. Daniel Lord approved the Lifehacker Diet Tested Lumo Lift Posture and Activity Tracker. And this device is awesome. If you're a desk sitter and you have aches and pains, then this is the gadget for you. I've tested it. I think it's awesome. It'll help you correct your posture. It also tracks your activity. It's got coaching sessions. It alerts you when you're slouching and lots more. So be sure to go to lhdiet.com slash LHD019 and sign up to win today. So without further ado, let's drop into my conversation with Dr. Daniel Lord, DC, who works as the physical medicine lead for the Facebook Health Center. I'll catch you on the backside. Well, I'm really excited today uh, to introduce the Lifehacker Diet audience to Daniel Lord. Um, Daniel and I have talked a couple of times before. He is a fascinating guy, and I think you'll agree with me by the end of this interview. 
but he works as a physical medicine lead for Facebook Health Center with the Integrated Primary Care Medical Group, Crossover Health. He manages the physical therapy, acupuncture, and chiropractic services on site. Daniel is also the sports chiropractic chiropractor, sorry, I'm having some issues here, for Oracle Racing Team USA, which successfully defended the 34th America's Cup in San Francisco. And I am very pleased that you're here, Daniel. It's been a, a, a little bit of phone back and forth to get you on, but uh, here you are. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's uh, definitely great to be here. So tell us a little bit um, more than just your bio um, about what you do and, and what you see and how you go about dealing with it. <clears throat> well, um, I've had the pleasure of uh, hanging out at Facebook the past uh, few years, and um, it's definitely an interesting experience in an on-site health center. Um, it's definitely a different relationship that you have with your patients, and um, it definitely gives me the advantage um, to really focus on patient care because I don't have to deal with the business aspects of running a clinic. So uh, things like billing insurance and writing narrative reports and, you know, keeping the lights on and paying bills um, is out the door with this. Um, Facebook takes care of all that. And we um, we get to practice medicine and uh, physical therapy and and other services the way that it should be. Um, we can spend a lot of time with with patients and really focus in on patient centered care. Um, also integrate services that usually aren't integrated like chiropractic and acupuncture and physical therapy with primary care and behavioral health programs and nutrition and really get a well-rounded approach, uh, a really deep dive look at somebody's health um, versus, um, you know, sticking to what's billable or, you know, spending, you know, five or 10 minutes with someone, you know, where you can only go, you know, superficially um, where this is different. And I think um, with that experience, uh, it's given me a really good, perspective on what you can really do with uh, your your lifestyle, with your health, with prevention, and um, getting you where you want to go. So just to be clear, you're, you're actually in the Facebook offices, right? <laughs> That's correct. So I manage the physical medicine program um, on campus. So we have uh, two chiropractors, three physical therapists, uh, an acupuncturist, and and soon our team's going to double because we're we're actually building a bigger center. So we'll have even more of each, and uh, I that that team reports to me, and we work right alongside with um, primary care. So there's four four MDs, about eight nurses. Um, there's a behavioral health person, two now uh, therapists. Uh, also, a nutritionist is on staff, um, and so we're one big team. Wow. I want to go work at Facebook now. That's awesome. There's people there that say we we don't want to leave for a different company simply because of having this health center here because wow. it's it's so comprehensive. That's awesome. That, that's just that's the way it should be. Awesome. Right. Exactly. So, um, what sort of stuff do you see? What what sort of things uh, you know come up repeatedly, and and uh, how do you deal with them? The number one reason people come to the health center is because of back pain. 
Um, it, it's uh, it's not surprising. There there are a bunch of um, tech professionals that are highly highly motivated, type A, high performing, very passionate about what they do. Uh, people and uh, you know I think it, not just at at Facebook, but you could see a commonality of uh, you know. You could you could see common conditions in any of these health centers uh, come in and and kind of look at the data and see that back pain is is the number one issue because um, people work at computers and they sit for long periods of time they're stationary even if they have a stand up desk um, even if they try and you know if they're exercising sometimes during the day there's still a lot of time that they're you know in meetings sitting or sitting at their desk. And it creates a lot of problems with their back and neck. Hmm. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, you've got such a, a wonderful setup there. How do you go about uh, helping people? What, what sort of changes, what sort of suggestions, exercises, what, what, uh, what do you do to help them out? <clears throat> so um, we really try and uh, work as efficiently as possible um, for 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 the patient's sake, um, we try and teach patients, give them a lot of education in order for them to be in charge of their own healthcare. Um, I, I've written about the idea of being the CEO of your own health, and and that means not only um, you know having a good doctor to talk to, but also being educated yourself. So one of the things that we can do um, through you know classes on campus, long visits, you know, long actual treatments is, is develop that relationship with the person so we can educate them and teach them, you know, how, how can you take care of yourself? How can you get rid of this pain? And then how, most importantly, how can you prevent it from coming back? I I love that CEO of your own health. I know that, uh, I've, I've experienced that too. Um, I've had uh, chronic back pain for a good portion of my life. And, um, I didn't have much of a choice but to figure out how to how to deal with it, and um, you know I don't go to any doctor uh, about my back pain at this point in time, and I haven't for a long time, and that's because I've been able to figure out a whole bunch of strategies that work for me, and it doesn't uh, it doesn't slow me down from doing anything. Uh, I just uh, actually just went whitewater kayaking uh, on Memorial Day weekend, had a great time. Uh, maybe swam in a class four rapid, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the thing is that I can do whatever I want now and I know how to manage it. So I think it's very, very important that people understand and learn, you know, up to a point, there's a lot they can do to help themselves. And I think that's, you know, our duty as individuals to be able to learn that. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that doctors are bad or, therapists are bad or anything like that. I mean, I am one <laughs> and, and, uh, I work hand in hand with all sorts of docs. Um, but because of the healthcare system right now, you have to be the CEO of your own health. You have no choice. There's a supermarket of options, which is one of the problems. Actually, um, spine magazine, uh, did a big study, a big, uh, market study on, on how are, are the most effective treatments for low back pain. Um, Scott Haldeman was the, the lead author on that. He's a, uh, he's a MD PhD from uh, Los Angeles and um, from UCLA. 
and his whole thing was the whole point of this re the whole end conclusion was that there's definitely effective treatments for back pain but it's hard because there's a supermarket out there you could get a massage you could go to the Cairo you could get acupuncture you could take pain meds you could take supplements you could go to a trainer you know you could go to an orthopedist you could go you know and on and on and on there's there's lots of options and modalities and widgets and practitioners out there to that treat low back pain so how does an individual choose if they're in the place where they need help you know um and, and they need to get over a certain injury before they're even trying to prevent it um how do you choose and how do you manage it and what what makes sense and those are those are questions that I'm trying to deal with and I'm trying to educate people on because, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these things are businesses, right? So um, people are the people who are selling you something, they have the hammer and you're the nail. And so everything is going to sound good if, if they, they try and pitch you on it. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's, that's definitely something that I discovered as well. So what 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 ways do you help people at Facebook and and uh, you know give us some theoretical scenarios? So it depends on where they fall on the continuum of their care. So let's say they come in and they have a very acute situation. They have sciatica. They might have a, a bulging disc in their low back, etc. Um, we, you know, I'm I'm holding air quotes up right now. We try and practice evidence based medicine. And what is that? What that means isn't being rigid, but um, it's being informed. So, um, and it's not to go against any any profession or any treatment or anything like that. It's not a judgment. It's just saying, hey, for instance, um, if you have sciatic pain, um, a lot of times standard of practice for if you see an MD is get some imaging. Um, and decide if you need to either have medication or if you have need to have surgery or an injection. Um, if you go into with the same condition, if you go in and see a chiropractor, they're going to try and say, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to see you this many times, etc. If you go see a PT, there's another story. So if you look at, you know, really becoming a, uh, you know, somebody who can educate themselves as a practitioner on the evidence for certain conditions, certain things really, really matter. And, and that's where we kind of start our, our, our algorithm, so to speak. So if you have sciatica, um, the first thing you should do is a thing called McKenzie technique, where you're trying to do stretches that are um, pain-free. So you're putting your back in positions to decrease symptoms, whether it's going down your leg, centralizing the pain, or um, you know less back pain in general. I don't need to get into the specifics of it, but if you can centrate people towards the right path as soon as possible, um, and and then also let them know that hey, you have there's a good prognosis here. Back pain gets better. Back pain back pain gets better a large percent of the time if you manage it right. So. With those two things in mind, um, we try and route them the most efficient way possible. People who are really weak, we're getting them to the PT to get strong through active care, getting them off the table as soon as possible. 
if it's somebody that's really stiff and rigid, you know, maybe they're an athlete or, or a weekend warrior, they might be a decent, in decent enough shape, but they have other needs. They might need more chiro. They might need more manipulation, hands-on work, stretching and stuff. So they might see me or um, do more manual work with the PT. Um, if their symptoms down their leg are, are you know, really getting worse or, or we're having a lot of challenges clearing it up, we might ask the acupuncturist to work on their leg pain. So we try and have like a integrated approach, but at the same time, it's not like we're just throwing the kitchen sink at everybody. We're trying to manage person case by case. Then, then if they're, they come into the clinic and maybe it's not a acute case, maybe it's not a sciatica situation, then you, we shift more towards education. You know, they, they don't need a ton of therapy. They, they might need a little bit, but then we're going to, we're going to coach them on their posture. We're going to coach them on, you know, not just, okay, you need to have good posture, but actually the strategies behind it, what you can do with micro bricks, what you can do with positioning on your chair, different, different strategies of moving at your desk to really making, to really make sure that they move and have good posture during the day, which it helps them heal faster and it prevents it from coming back. So those are, those are some really, it's, it's all about a continuum of care. And then at the end, we're not just shoving them out the door. We're, it, it, the, the other really big piece is bridging the gap from, okay, I have pain, it's gone, to then now I'm going back to my normal activities and, and healthy lifestyle. How do you bridge that gap? Because there's no, there's no insurance company that pays for it. Um, so you have to really, either it's a handoff to their trainer which, you know, we say, hey, here's their situation. Um, here's what we want to do to prevent it. Here's some strengthening exercises that we want them to make sure and do. And then they're transitioned from a therapy state to a conditioning and strengthening state, which puts them on that positive curve, that, that, that positive continuum. Um, and so it doesn't go back down. Now, so those, are, those are the things that we do. You have uh, actually a, uh, some videos and some uh, good blog posts on your site, which I'm going to link to through the show notes. Um, but uh, I think people should definitely check out uh, the um, Daniel's website and uh, take a look at some of the videos as well, because there's some very uh, simple things that you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, it'll help you out. It'll certainly give you an idea of how you should be sitting and uh, exercises you can do to keep your back straight and um, move it forward and backwards. So uh, I will link to those uh, in the show notes, but definitely check that out. Um, I think that's important. Um, now, the thing that I find fascinating is um, uh, I haven't, uh, actually, I haven't sat at a desk uh, for more than a couple of minutes here or there for about three years now. Um, but when I did, Nobody really thinks that sitting at a desk is hard work. Um, they just kind of, you know, it's you're relaxing. It's easy to do. But what it sounds like is that it's it's actually harder on your body than um, doing things like uh, I believe you have some photographs of um, field workers in Madagascar who are picking and their position, you know, from an untrained eye looks, looks really hard, <laughs> but they're, you know, you, you discovered some very interesting things, uh, when you went there. And I, I just want you to talk about that because 
in some ways, I think sitting is harder, uh, certainly more stressful on your body than, than good, good old hard labor. Totally agree with you. Um, one of the, the interesting things I, I found out, I went over to Africa with a team of doctors and therapists, and we, um, we were serving some uh, under, underserved uh, communities and were providing them with health care. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is that um, they didn't have any low back pain there. Um, and we have a horrible low back pain problem. They're doing manual labor, and we're just sitting at desks. So how do they have no low back pain? And if you, even if you look at the data, um, you know, third world developing countries versus Western, more modernized countries have much less back pain. And it's, you know, kind of weird. So the reason is, if you, if you kind of look at it closer and, and watch these people throughout their day, they know how to move. They move correctly. They drive all the force throughout the day through their hips, which is correct. Our hips, our glutes, our hamstrings, they're the biggest muscles in our body. And they're designed to distribute force and move, move stress. Um, we, we've developed habits because of the chair, because of what we do all day, um, because we, we're not you know, being athletic in, in our life most of the time after, you know, 20, um, we use our backs to, to move things. Um, so if we bend over, we bend over from our back. Uh, we round our back as we, you know, if we're lifting something, a child or a box or whatever. Um, also, um, just sitting down and standing up during the day, we're, we're bending. Or if, you, if you look at most people, they round their back as they sit down. Um, because they're not using their glute muscles, they're not using their hamstring muscles. So when we educate people um, to prevent back pain, we're we're teaching them how to move through their hips. That's the number one thing. It doesn't matter why your back hurts. Um, somehow the, the structures in your back got stressed, right? The, here's this is the difference between um, a pain generator and a cause. So. People have pain in their low back all, all the time. Sometimes it's a disc. Sometimes it's a ligament. Sometimes it's a joint. Sometimes it's a muscle. Um, and, and then our traditional route of care is, all right, let's find the pain generator, the tissue that's causing the pain that has stress on it. And we're going to do something surgically to it or we're going to inject it or, you know, whatever. Um, and it fails either it, you still have pain in your back or you still have pain in the same location or whatever. And the reason is that's the pain generator. That doesn't, that isn't why it hurts. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't magically show up there. It's because you're distributing force through that area of your body over and over again, all day long versus your hips. So if you look at pictures of Madagascar, people working in fields, they, their, their backs are flat. They're hinged right from their hips then um, they're clearly using their glutes and their hamstrings all day long. That's why they don't have pain. Um, the same position um, looks like a deadlift. The, you know, that's why we can deadlift two, three, four hundred pounds off the floor and have no back pain. Actually, it's healthy for your back. It's because you're using your hamstrings and your glutes to lift. 
Um, so if you use that concept and you, and you practice moving through your hips and using your hips throughout the day um, with any activity, even sitting, um, you can totally change the game with, with your, your back, with preventing symptoms in your, in your neck, um, and, and having a lot more energy and performance during the day. Uh, yeah, I, I have to say that, uh, you know, as I, as I alluded to uh, before this question, I haven't sat for three, week, uh, three years. Sorry, um, I've actually, I have a walking desk, and um, I have found that, uh, you know, at first it was a tiny bit difficult uh, standing and walking all day. Um, but it has got to the point now, uh, and, and it actually happened very quickly, where uh, at the beginning I could walk five miles a day, six miles a day, and I wouldn't be tired. Um, uh, three years out now, two and a half, three years out now, I'm walking 10 to 13 miles a day. So uh, that's about 3,000 miles a year. And I am at the computer working all that time. I'm doing Photoshop, I'm doing video, I'm doing writing, I'm doing research, I'm doing all that stuff. And I'm walking, it's one and a half miles an hour. And, you know, other than losing weight um, and, and regaining my boyish figure, um, it has uh, increased my uh, ability to concentrate because there's blood flowing through my head. Um, you know, I'm moving, I, I don't you know, I used to kind of get tired in the afternoon and, and kind of nod off. I haven't, I haven't done that since I was sitting. Um, so there are a lot of uh, benefits. And, you know, the only downside that I can see for me, and, and everybody has to find, you know, you have to be the CEO of your own health. But uh, the only downside I have for me is that um, the idea of sitting on an airplane for seven or eight hours is basically torture. I, I, I don't sit that much, um, and and just the concept of sitting in a seat for seven eight hours uh, is is absolute torture to me. So um, there are some downsides, but other than that, uh, I can walk all day. Nothing, uh, you know. I did a thirteen mile, uh, thirteen and a half mile day yesterday. Um, I was no more tired than I would be uh, if you know if I hadn't done it. So it's pretty amazing what your body adapts to, and I think the more you do the more you can do. And I think that's a, a, a very important concept. So, so yeah, that's no, my I, little speech. I know, I agree, I agree. And I think sitting in a plane for seven or eight hours is torture for anybody. So <laughs> I, I don't think that that's, uh, that's just uh, unique <laughs> for, for uh, your walking desk and your, your normal thing. It's I mean, special it's, torture for me. <laughs> it's probably special torture, yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's a hard one. Um, you know, the best I think people can do with that is, you know, get an aisle seat as much as you can and uh, then set your timer and try and get up every half an hour and walk up and down the aisle. But, I mean, sometimes that's challenging mm -hmm. and um, it's not ideal. Right. So um, you kind of have to do the best you can with that right. one. But, so uh, um, yeah. working at Facebook and dealing with technology and people who are interested in technology – um, I'm sure there's, uh, I'm sure there are little, uh, pieces of technology out there that, that, you know, when used correctly in the right situations can be helpful. Um, what have you discovered in that realm? Um, because I'm at Facebook there, the people that are definitely interested in any, uh, any wearable 
technology that can help them. And um, I've been lucky because I can um, I can kind of reach out to almost anyone and ask them for uh, demos and and trials because they want to be at Facebook, of course. So I, I've used that to my advantage. Um, and some of my favorites, um, I'll let you know, I think that are actually useful. One's called Lumo Lift. And um, this is a really cool piece of technology because it, it not only tracks your steps, which um, a lot of them do, and it, and it tracks your movement throughout the day. It also tracks your posture. And it's kind of ingenious where it, uh, it vibrates um, if you're in a bad position. So it What will, is it? So it's a little pin that you that you wear. It's a tiny square, um, and you wear it on your collarbone, like right by on your shirt, like by your collarbone. Um, you can buy clips that you can that women can wear on their bra strap, so it's underneath their shirt, and it's pretty thin, so you can barely see it. Um, if you wear it on your shirt, yeah, you can see it. It looks like a really really minimalist pin, but um, it's placed there because it's measuring where your collarbone is, which is a really good indicator of where your posture is. It's a, it's a perfect indicator of where your posture is because mm -hmm. it, it can tell if you're, if you're hunching forward or rolling your shoulders. Um, it also, it also coaches you. So you can, you can do coaching sessions where for a certain predetermined amount of time, um, it will give you buzz. It has a vibration mechanism. So if you hunch over too much, it'll give you a couple of buzzes to remind you to sit back up. So it's kind of a cool biofeedback way to improve your posture habits. Um, and along, you can see just along with it, your movement, your steps during the day and that stuff. So this really cool data, data to have. You can also see what time of day you're most likely not to have good posture. So you could go back and say, look at it and say, hey, from 1.30 to 2.30 most days is when I have really bad posture. So you can kind of set your, your posture reminders and your coaching sessions during your hour or two hours of most weakness during the day to really, you know, make a, the, as big of an impact as you can. Um, I've, I've had a lot of success with people using it. And um, a lot of people that have neck pain or, or upper back pain um, just – use it to, to get them to uh, have better habits. And really, it takes the edge off their pain or heals it completely. Wow. So you could use this instead of a uh, Fitbit or, or a jawbone or anything like that to, to capture steps. That's right. Oh, that's interesting because um, the problem I have, uh, because I'm on a walking desk, uh, things that my, on my wrist don't work. <laughs> So I have to have uh, some sort of device uh, that captures my footsteps that's separate. Um, but that that actually sounds really neat. I, I'm going to look into that. Um, so and people can find a link to that. And I think you did a, a little review on it as well on your site. And I, I will take that and, and put that in the notes as well. Um, OK. And are there other pieces of technology that you found uh, to be useful? Yes. Um, so the other thing that I really like to use is called... IntelliSkin, and it's not a technology. It is a technology, but it's not a, uh, a wearable technology with an app. It's, it's most when you think of a wearable, are um, it's just a shirt. But it's uh, the technology is in the materials. It's a uh, it's kind of a compression shirt, 
so it's it it fits very fairly tightly so it it's comfortable for some people not as comfortable for some people um but people who who are able to wear it get really great results um basically it has some elasticity along the shoulders and the back um and it pulls your body into good posture and does a really good job with it so it it works really well for if you're going to go for a run if you're exercising um if you're if you're on a plane for instance you were talking about how uncomfortable planes are um it's really great for a plane ride actually uh lance armstrong um he wore intelliskin shirts um his last few years whenever he flew um and obviously we know how much uh lance armstrong wanted to get every edge he could <laughs> yes <laughs> um but he used intelliskin um, and wouldn't fly unless he had it because he felt such a difference because it really holds you up in the right positions. It's not rigid. It's not like a brace, um, but it's kind of an, like elastic band on your shoulders to like really kind of hold you up right and almost teach your muscles um, where they should be. That's interesting so th- th- too. It's a, it's a really cool concept. I've had a lot of success as well. Frequent flyers um, really get a lot out of it. Huh. Um, the other things I like are little, um, workstation, uh, ads. If you, if you don't have, uh, a treadmill desk, or if you want to switch between a a treadmill desk and another option, um, fluid stance, if you've heard of fluid stance, um, they have, it looks kind of like a surfboard and it, um, it's kind of like a, a balance board, but it's more stable than a wobble board or what you'd see like in a PT area or a gym where it's like really unstable. It's just um, a little unstable where you can shift your weight and move your ankles back and forth and balance, but you're not in fear of falling. It's not, you know, maybe there's you. It would be best if you, you know, you're not above the age of 60 Maybe there's like there's probably some limitations on it because um, you have to have decent balance. And there's I'm sure some people above 60 have great balance. They could use it. But um, it's, a, it's another really interesting way to move at your desk. Um, another one is that I really like. Uh, it's a, a floor mat for standing workstations. It's called Topo, T-O-P-O. And. It's um it's interesting because it has a kind of a foam soft feel that you would normally think of for um the, the what are they called the mats for uh to create some cushion on your feet. Right. Like the anti-fatigue mats is what right. I'm trying to say. It has the same kind of foam cushion that anti-fatigue mat would, but it's uh it has different um things that it's an uneven surface, so it has different like edges and things and humps that you can you can kind of walk on and change positions on. So it it really kind of um, so it varies. Make, it varies uh, kind of the angle of your body and your legs and and stuff. Right. So you oh, can cool. you can stand on the edge or like stretch your calf. You can stand on. There's a big hump in the middle that you can change your foot position, and it's all cushiony. 
but it kind of gets you to move around as you stand right. and put your feet in different positions and stretch your feet in different positions. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool little uh, little standing mat. So I, I will have links to all of these things um, in the show notes. And um, I, I'm not sure if you've done reviews on all of them, but I know that you have some stuff on your website. So we'll, we'll get people over there. That's cool. So uh, we're coming up to uh, about 32 minutes of the interview. And I just wanted to um, close up with uh, a couple of um, tips for people. You know, how, how, there, there are people that are probably sitting right now at their desk, uh, listening to us, what, um, you know, give us a couple of tips that they can do uh, right now that can help them and uh, make them feel better. Um, Kelly Starrett is a um, doctor of physical therapy, and he's uh, one of the kind of people that I follow and, and listen to. He, um, he works with a lot of high-end athletes. He also works with the military, and he also goes to um, lots of companies and talks. And one of the things he says is, and I agree with him, is um, abdominal contraction, 20% on at all times. And um, what that will do, and all that means is, um, if somebody was going to punch you in the stomach, what would you do? You kind of brace, right? It's not sucking in. It's not trying to like find neutral spine. You're just bracing. So if I punched you in the side or if I punched you in the stomach, that's what I want you to do, that, that kind of contraction to kind of brace against something. And so, and I also don't want it to be a hard contraction. It's uh, just 20%. And you can do it while you're walking. You can do it while you're sitting. You can do it whenever, whatever you're doing. Um, most of the day, you should have 20% on. Um, it, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, a concept to, to think about right away. But if you start to practice it, this becomes a habit and it's something that you always do. This will put your spine in a neutral position automatically. It will protect your, your back automatically. This will put your posture in a pretty good place automatically. Remember, you know, static posture positions are one little piece of the pie. You can think about where neutral is or where your neck is or where your shoulder or head is. But we're moving people. We move all the time. So there's, it's a, we're dynamic. We don't, we're not in a static position ever. Um, that's part of the problem with ergo evals, right? You, they measure, oh, here you're at 90 degrees on your hips and your shoulder and your eyes and all this stuff. Well, nobody sits in that position. That's the problem. So the, I think the, a real solution for that being dynamic, um, especially cause we're, we're giving you ideas on how you can move at your desk. Move with your abs, your your core, twenty percent on at all times. That's that, great. I think that little trick that little trick will help a lot. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anything else? You know, should people get up every so often? Should they do stretches? You know, what, so, what are little things they can do? So the other uh, the other piece is uh, taking micro breaks. So if you do uh, sit during the day, or if you're stationary at all during the day. Um, I recommend taking micro breaks, which are short little breaks, 20 seconds, where you do a stretch of your choice, or maybe you're just walking for a small amount of time, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds, reach your arms up, stretch. Um, I recommend you do this three times an hour, every 20 minutes. And I know this seems like a lot, but it's not a random number. We know through research that your fascia, 
which is the connective tissue that covers your body around your joints and uh, neck and everything. It, it, there's a dynamic change that happens every 20 minutes if you're in a static position. It's kind of like if you're holding a bag of groceries, um, a plastic bag, and it's really heavy, and then the handles kind of stretch out after a few minutes, and they don't stretch back. That's what happens with your fascia. That's, that's why people have bad posture or, or pain from repetitive strain. It's this loading of tissue that starts to actually change the tissue. You can get scar tissue this way or just poor mechanics this way. And so in order to prevent this, you take a micro break every 20 minutes. That way you can get ahead of the curve, ahead of this, this natural you know, dynamic change that can happen and um, prevent some of these changes, prevent having back pain and repetitive stress. So taking these micro breaks, and there's lots of different things you can do. If you just Google micro breaks, there's all sorts of things. And these are general movements, whether it's just a, a shoulder stretch or an arm raise or some deep breaths and some walking or you know going up and down the stairs. There's separ- several things you can do to get your body moving. But um, I think the, a key point is trying to do it every 20 minutes or so. Cool. Now I, I have a little tip uh, from the Life Hacker Diet archives and it's a very simple one. Um, everybody has to go to the bathroom and pee. I know as I get older a little more often than, than I used to, but uh, you know, we probably do it three, four, five, six times a day. So my tip is take the long way to the bathroom. And if you walk one-eighth of a mile, which is like uh, 260-odd feet or steps to the bathroom and back. Uh, If you do that um, there and back four times uh, a day, you've walked an extra mile. Um, So, you know, these are are little things that you can do, anybody can do, uh, and you can do every day. And they, you know, they add up to making a big difference. So I think uh, I think the ones that Daniel has uh, has uh, told us about are wonderful, and uh, try the extra long route to the bathroom, and uh, let us know how it's all working out for you in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear uh, what you've discovered. Um, I know Daniel uh, will uh, probably uh, be available to answer questions. Uh, you know, when I get a question that I can't answer, I'll shoot it over to Daniel and get him in the chat. Um, but please let us know, you know, what you've discovered uh, in the chat part of lifehackerdiet.com. And um, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So, Daniel, I want to thank you very much for your time. Fascinating stuff you're working on. And, uh, you know, a great reason to work at Facebook. That's right. Well, thanks very much for having me. It was awesome to talk with you. Thank you. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk soon. Wow. Uh, I am so grateful for Daniel for being uh, so awesome and generous and sharing all that great information with us. Uh, he's just, he's on the cutting edge. I'm, I'm so excited about what he's doing. Uh, so I just want to remind you uh, to head over for all the free content at lhdiet.com lhd019. Again, that's lhdiet.com lhd019. Watch the video, read the blog post, download the exercise sheet for sure. Enter yourself to win the Lumo Lift Posture and Activity Tracker, absolutely. And all of this is free to help you be healthy at work. So I hope to see you over there. 
Thank you very much for listening to the Lifehacker Diet Podcast. We appreciate you and our focused improving your life one small change at a time. If you have questions you'd like me to address, please leave it in the comments section of this podcast at lhdiet.com slash lhd019 uh, or in SoundCloud or iTunes in the comments sections. I visit those comments regularly and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to help you one-on-one. Or you can also email me directly at lifehackerdiet at gmail.com and that's lifehacker without the E. So L-I-F-E-H-A-C-K-R diet at gmail.com. I really appreciate you taking one minute of your time to like the Lifehacker Diet podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever you think we deserve by simply searching for Lifehacker Diet on any of those services. This act helps the Lifehacker Diet get noticed by more people that can be positively affected by your simple act of saying, hey everyone, check these guys out, they're awesome. You know what else? You're awesome. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, today is the first day of the rest of your life, so make it count.